Last week, we talked about building cohesion in our organizations to grow retention. This week, we talk about scaling up and expanding your organization and how to make it happen. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited. Today we have Katie Shetesky joining us. She is the executive director of Thumbs Up 5K. Uh, She has a phenomenal backstory, but one thing I loved is they started back in 2014 wanting to do a memorial 5K um, just to you know, remember people in their lives who they had lost to suicide and really raise awareness. Um, And through the process of just starting a memorial run, a nonprofit was born. So Katie will say that she started this whole profit or this whole process backwards. Um, And I just absolutely love your story. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing with our listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Katie, would you give us just um, a little bit of your background and kind of how this whole thing started? Because you have such a unique story. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. So, um, as you mentioned, I and I lost a loved one to suicide. Um, I lost my grandpa Bob in 2010, and um, through his loss um, and through kind of my own grief and my own grieving process, I really felt like there just wasn't anything there for families who had lost a loved one to suicide. And I had attended many support groups, and um, there's one actually locally here in Elk River that's an amazing support group. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting to hear the other stories of people who have lost a loved one to suicide. And it's, it's sad. It's incredibly sad. Um, and not that I wouldn't condone anybody else going to that support group. They might find it really healing. But for me, I was like, I just need something lighter. I need something else that will make, um, you know, my grandfather's loss um, mean something. Mm-hmm. And I had my own personal struggles with mental health. Um, I've had depression and anxiety. So I kind of knew on that side of things you know, the feelings and and all the dark places you can get to. So um, a few years had passed and I was actually in pretty, a pretty deep, dark place at that time. Um, I was about, I'm trying to think two years postpartum. um, So probably had some postpartum stuff going on and in a, a job that I wasn't exactly loving. It was just really stressful. And so I started doing some of my own running for mental health, for my own mental health. And um, I actually had received a book from my husband for Valentine's Day in 20, I think it was 2014. Uh, it's, uh, I'm sure you guys maybe know this guy, Joe Schmidt from Channel 5 News. He's a sportscaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a really kind of weird roundabout way, Joe and my grandpa Bob met on an airplane to Hawaii and they became really good buddies. So for Valentine's Day, my husband decided to buy a book that he wrote called Silent Impact. And it's all of, it's stories of, of different athletes, high profile athletes that he's interviewed over the years. And it's, it's all things that they've done over the course of their life for other people, just really good deeds that kind of, it's kind of like, well, why would you do that? And it's, it's kind of like, well, why wouldn't you? Um, mm. So he gives me this book for Valentine's Day and 
and I'm reading it and I can't put it down. And he had written some really nice stuff in there about my grandpa. He's like, you know, I miss my buddy. I miss his laugh. And, you know, go make your grandfather, go make your grandfather proud. And I'm like, gosh, I'm like, well, why couldn't I do something to kind of give back to the community? And so through my running one day, I kind of had this light bulb epiphany moment. I'm like, well, what if I did like a 5k? Cause I really feel like my mental health is doing a lot better with running and it's just a great place to clear your head. And even though I'm not a long distance runner, just even a, a short one to two mile run every day was just doing me really good. So in, I started, started um, hashtagging run for mental health and I'd post a picture of my running shoes or, you know, I'd be crossing the Orno Dam and there'd be just a beautiful sunset. And it kind of, people kind of started, you know, talking about that. Well, what does that mean to you? And, and are you going to do anything with this? And, and so after I read this book, Silent Impact, I'm like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to start a 5k. So I, I reached out to um, somebody on Facebook that I had never met before. Her name is Jessica Hackemuller. And I found her through Facebook as I was researching where I was going to donate money to. Cause I, I, you know, I, our hope was that we would have some people come and then I would take a chunk of money and I would donate it back to the yellow ribbon um, club at the Elk River high school. And that's a student student led group that supports mental health awareness mm -hmm. and suicide prevention. And so found her on Facebook cause she had donated money to this group. And I'm like, are you affiliated with this group or how do you know them? And she's like, no, I actually just did the, sh the Elk River Shiver Plunge and I donated my money there. So I'm like, okay, well, here's my story. I don't know what your story is, but I'm like, um, so I shared with her my idea of this 5K and about my grandfather. And she, we, we called each other and talked on the phone for a couple hours. And she's like, yes, absolutely. Like, I want to help plan this. So that's how Thumbs Up was born. <laughs> And we were not a nonprofit. We were um, two people. Well, there were several other com community members also that had helped us plan this event. And we just kind of started with a passion for wanting to help other people through a mental health disorder and, and also to help those families through kind of the grieving process of losing a loved one to suicide. Yeah, so, no. yeah. How can you talk a little bit about how that first event went? Because I know you just said we were just two people. Well, there were a few of us, but you didn't have a background. You weren't necessarily planning for this to become something bigger. It was, it was meant to be a memorial around. Can you talk a little bit about how that process looked? Yeah, it was crazy. We so we like I, I think I had mentioned this earlier when we were chatting, but we started, we met at Caribou in like June <laughs> of 2014, the same year as our event. And we kind of just, I think there was probably maybe six of us just started planning, okay, what does this look like? Where does our run take place? Um, and we had no idea how many people to really expect that would attend. We thought, you know, it might just be the six of us or <laughs> maybe a hundred people will show up. We're not really sure. And as it kind of, um, the weeks kind of, like crept closer to that October date, um, we had a hundred people a week sign up. And by the, oh by the <laughs> yeah, I know by the day of the race, we did a uh, day of registration also, and we had a hundred more people register. So we ran out of race bibs and we were like, now what? <laughs> um, we realized though that, we're, that there was something more here. Um, and I think the amount of people that were there to show their support is just a true testament to 
how amazing our community is that how much they support um what we're doing and also sadly the you know there's been so many suicides in this area and i think people are just looking for an outlet to a either help themselves or b um to help themselves grieve through the process of of losing a loved one in Mm -hmm. fact we had um the year that i graduated you know we had a we had a string of suicides and and one of the families that came um the danielson family um nikki danielson had passed the year that i was graduated in 2000 she died by suicide she was a, a year younger than me so that family came out um and that had been years and years after her passing but they came out the whole entire hockey team that she played for came out wow. um coaches i mean it was pretty it was pretty cool and um the year that she passed away they did these number nine like a little um it was like a little embroidered tag and i always kept that it was it was meant to be put on your um like letter jacket but i kept it and that morning for some reason i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna go get that off my letter jacket and put it on my shoe and sure enough her family showed up and she was her mom was like oh my gosh i can't believe you still have that and I'm like, your daughter made such an impression on me and, and through, you know, through her death too. I mean, that was, that was a really pivotal moment in my life too. And um, so it's just, it's really cool to see all the different families that come out year over year and how their teams grow. And um, her, her family, actually her 20 year anniversary of her death was 20, I think it was 2019. So they, their family brought out a hundred people um, wow. to our to our event in 2019. So a lot of the clients that we work with and our listeners on the podcast as well would kind of hope for this problem where it's like we have so many people that want to support and, you know, can you talk a little bit about the challenges of that, though, too? Because you like you said, you weren't necessarily prepared for all these people to show up. So how did you guys handle that and then uh, like turn it into a positive? Because it could have been a problem, right? Like it could have been like, Oh my gosh, we don't have enough bibs for people and like all this stuff. How did you, how did you shift that? So that way people were like, this is awesome. Instead of like, Oh my gosh, there's not even space to run or whatever. (laughs) Right. I think people, everybody was really understanding. And I think honestly, just really blown away. So our first event was downtown Elk river at, um, the rivers rivers edge commons. Um, so if you're familiar with like the Thursday night, um, I'm trying to remember what they're called now, but um, where they do the the band and the live music mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. That's where our first event was. So it was really cool to see, um, you know, that auditorium feeling. It's like that whole space was just filled with people. Wow. And it was really, I don't even know how to explain it. I had so much like adrenaline that day and just, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really cold that day, but it was it was honestly a moment I'll never forget just looking around into the audience and um, everybody seemed really understanding. We only were able to stay in that venue for two years. And then the city of Elk River said, yeah, I think you need to move somewhere else. (laughs) I think you've all grown that space. Um, And then they actually ended up expanding that park, but we shifted over to Orno park and it's, it's definitely got a lot more space to spread out and, Um, it's definitely more family friendly and we have a, a much safer route um, than what we did downtown Oak River. So that's really smart to be thinking about growth too. not, you know, because space is a big defining feature of a lot of nonprofits. It's like the space that you have to be able to do what you're trying to do 
mm-hmm. can can hamper the growth. And for you guys to say, okay, what's a what's a space that we go? You didn't just like incrementally go up. I mean, I'm thinking about these spaces because I know the town. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big leap to go from the Elk River Commons to Orono Park. Like it's a big right. place. You got like all the running space around. I'm guessing you guys go around the lake. Is that kind of how that works? Well, not yet, but we're hoping to do that. So our route right now, um, and this year it's going to change. We're they're doing a huge expansion project at Lake Orno this year and adding a skate park and a splash pad. So we're actually Ooh. shifting over to um, woodland trails this year. Okay. Um, but next year when we come back, we are hoping to to do the 5K around the lake because they just added um, pedestrian trails right on Highway 10. Awesome. So that will be our hope for next year. So I've already planted a bug at the city of Elk River. <laughs> That's exciting. You're like, I'm just giving you a heads up. There's going to be a lot of people using this. <laughs> yeah, it'll be really it'll be really scenic. That's for sure. Um, yeah. The route right now over there kind of weaves in and out of um, the government center and kind of down some um, kind of along County Road 30, which is um, yeah. goes towards kind of Pinewood. But yeah, it's it's a great it's a great route. It's a great venue for us. They have the, the huge playground there and the beach. So there's lots of room to spread out and for future growth. So. Yeah. So as you've stepped from we're starting this out to see how it goes to actually starting a nonprofit. Um, and now I know that you're building out your nonprofit more and you have more systems and structures and all the things that are fun in some ways and challenges in other ways. <laughs> what do you think has been like your biggest moment of like surprise or the biggest thing that you've learned over the last few years? Yeah, we definitely did things backwards. <laughs> um, that first year, you know, we we raised a, a bunch of money and we didn't have a nonprofit established. So we donated $9,500 to the Yellow Ribbon Club. And then second year um, got to donate more. <laughs> so we're like, okay, this is, this. there's something more here. We're kind of growing. We had other community members reaching out to us. So we did form our our nonprofit, and that was established in 2016. Um, and it and it has been really challenging to kind of do that backwards. But I think sometimes it's almost okay because our passion has fueled all mm-hmm. of those changes to happen. Um, and I don't know if we would have done it the other way around if we would be better off, but. We definitely have experienced some growing pains. And I would say up until about two years ago, were we kind of just like, this is fine. We can, you know, we have a great volunteer base. We have a, an awesome committee that's been there since day one. We had, I think about 12 committee members. Um, and so all of the 12 of us were, you know, okay, do you guys wanna do this event? And do you wanna, who wants to help with this event and this subcommittee? And there's so much structuring, like restructuring that we've had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of um, work through those growth or those growing pains. Um, and two years ago, I kind of, you know, told everybody, I'm like, we're kind of getting to that point where it's getting harder for, you know, for me, especially, um, cause I take on a lot of the extra responsibilities, um, you know, doing stuff in the evenings and weekends and I have a family and I work full time. And um, so we kind of started talking two years ago about, okay, what does this look like? And are we gonna hire somebody or are we gonna scale back down into just our 5K, how we started? Um, but the majority of our board didn't want that to happen because we know we're helping people and mm-hmm. if we're turning opportunities away. I feel like that's, you know, we're turning away possibility of helping another person. And I mean, to me at the core, I mean, that's why this whole entire thing started was to help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we we had to make some really tough decisions and you know we we hired um a consultant to come in and we're kind of work through some of the struggles we were having and kind of get us steering in the right path um because like i said we we didn't start thinking we were going to start a nonprofit. so i'll be the first to admit i had no idea what i was doing (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not ashamed to say that because i know everything happened for a reason and I know that had, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that God has a plan and he's going to steer you where you, where things need to go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's right. It's the right timing and sometimes it's not. And so there's been a lot of patient and there's been, there's been a lot of tears. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> been, you know, there's been a struggle to get where we are. And now um, I just came on as uh, the executive director March 1st. And I feel like we're in a really good place. I feel like we're in a healthy place. Um, and I'm excited to finally be able to dedicate, you know, the majority of my day to thumbs up and helping other people and, um, helping people find resources and to continually like further our mission and who we are to the core of, of thumbs up, who is thumbs up. We're not just a 5k anymore. We're so much more than that. So it's super, it's super exciting. (laughs) I love, I love that you you talk about doing this backwards, but Lisa and I have had lots of conversations with great nonprofit leaders where it, in their eyes, they thought it was backwards. Cause you think, well, first I need a board and then I need to like, make sure that we're nonprofit status and all this stuff. But I think, um, you guys were fueled by the passion to actually do the mm-hmm. thing, to do the cause and to just start and say, you know what, if, if we don't necessarily get to determine how these funds are spent, that doesn't matter to us. We're going to go ahead and donate to something that is doing the same thing we care about. And we're just right. going to find a way to raise money for it. And I think a lot right. of great nonprofits are started that way. Um, right. And then after time, it's like, hey, this is starting to make more sense that we just become our own nonprofit. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's what your you guys own nonprofit did. versus strategically partner with a nonprofit. Because there right. are right. times when that's really good to do. Um, but you're saying, I think we did it backwards. We're saying, like, we've talked with a lot of nonprofit leaders and we've seen many that start by getting the board and the paperwork and then they don't have anything else. They're like, well, what do we do now? And it's like, yep. the passion <laughs> has to be there. The drive has to be Absolutely. there. It's almost like you have to be running so fast that you have to pull it back yeah. versus hoping that the paperwork causes the nonprofit to function and succeed. Yep. And it allowed you to scale up, to scale forward instead of having to start with like all of your eggs in one basket and be like, well, <clears throat> now what do we do? So let me ask you right now. So as far as like the uh, structure of your nonprofit now, you said you, you're the executive director. Do you have other staff? Do you, uh, I'm, I'm assuming obviously you have a board and you have like committee members. So like, how does that all work? Yes, we, I am the only employee right now. Um, and then our board is made up of, um, do you want me to name names or just say who we have? <laughs> no, 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 you give like some general of... numbers and like how you structure it. Okay. Because I think that that's, that's what's really going to, be a, a good thing for our listeners to think of. Like sure. how does how does one scale a nonprofit, right? Sure. So um, according to our bylaws, we can have up to nine board members. We currently have four people on our board. Um, we're looking for, we're actively looking for some board members right now, um, but we have a board chair, we have a vice chair and a treasurer and a secretary. Um, so we're looking for a few at-large positions and then we're also looking for somebody to take over the treasurer's position. Um, 
So for anyone listening, <laughs> yeah. maybe interested in, in learning, it's definitely going to be a slow progression. Um, my mom actually uh, is our current treasurer and she is, it was her dad that had passed by suicide. Mm. Um, she is doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, and, but we're just looking for someone who is able to help from a growth standpoint and a forecasting and a budgeting right. Um, and we've, I mean, she's doing an amazing job, but she's like, okay, now you're getting a little over my head, (laughs) you know? So, um, it will definitely be a gradual, you know, probably over the course of a year type transition. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we've got an amazing secretary right now. Um, and one thing that's really cool about our board is, everybody serving on our board has lost somebody to suicide. Um, And I feel like that's also really important. It's not definitely a deal breaker, but it is really important, I think, for people to understand like where we're coming from and why we are so passionate about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a deeper level of understanding um, of why we're doing what we're doing. And I think that's really, really important um, because we all get it. And I, I like to always say, um, actually, I kind of stole this from um, one of my board members, um, Brenda. She lost her brother to suicide, and she always says, it's not a club you ever want to be a part of, but once you're in it, you get it. And it's mm. so true because it is not a club you want to be in, but I've met some really incredible humans through this process, and I feel really lucky that way. Um, That's cool. I feel like you having a board who is so connected to the issue is part mm-hmm. of the reason that you're having so much success, too, um, yep. because it's really easy sometimes, I think, as nonprofit leaders to just be like, I'll take any board member or, you know, <laughs> like I just right. need someone yeah. to fill the seat as long as they can do the job. Um, but there's something where you really want your board your people on staff, the key volunteers to be people who really understand the heart of the organization, because mm-hmm. that just goes into everyone else like that's where yeah. people really feel it and i just think that's incredible yeah we talk about this a lot on the podcast and with clients and stuff as we consult like the idea of getting the right people is so important because just filling a seat on your bus is not going to actually get you where you want to go you want to have people that are going to like move the thing forward and like right. challenge you as the leader and challenge challenge the whole organization say like hey we could do we could accomplish so much more um because you don't want people who are just thinking about like well this is getting a little too crazy we should scale back <laughs> if you have the right. opportunity to make a bigger change why not grab a hold of that and like make it right. happen right yeah. absolutely so when they came to you and you well you basically said like we either need to scale up or scale down um, what was going through your head in that season? Because I think sometimes we kind of max out our personal capacity leading something that we're super passionate about. And mm-hmm. it's either a jump up or a jump, a strategic scale back. Um, what did that look like for you? And who were some of the people you talked through, talked through that with? Because we all need yeah. outside counsel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. it was really hard because, I mean, I was probably actually the one that posed the question because I think I had the most amount of responsibility, um, you know, and so I think it really kind of came down to, like, I'm starting <laughs> starting to break here a little. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't really handle all this on my own anymore. And um, the amount of conversations and you know, text messages and Facebook messages and emails. I mean, it just started kind of piling up. So I was kind of at a breaking point. 
So I think that's kind of really where that's, you know, that's how the conversation started. Um, and I definitely did, you know, obviously my board, you know, they, they're the ones that had the say in, in whether we scale back or whether we're going to move forward, but I definitely did reach out to other people and, um, you know, there's some incredible nonprofits in this area and I have a lot of mentors in this area. Um, so I reached out to even sponsors and asked, you know, what are, what are your thoughts and what does this look like? And the consensus was, how could you scale back? Like you're doing so much to help other people. It'd be so sad. And really it would be so sad. And, and, um, you know, even if it wouldn't have been me that would have taken over as the executive director, we needed to have someone, um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really hard decision and it was a really hard thing to, to ask my board, um, what do you know, what do you think? Um, and all of our board started out as committee. So all of our board members really, they didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> they, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. So like I said, we, we started kind of a little bit backwards and kind of, you know, and that's where some of the growing pains happened. And that's where the, some of the challenges came because, you know, not everybody was on board and, and, and that's okay too. Um, but I think when you have a passion and a mission and a vision for something and you want it to succeed, you're going to find a way to make it happen. Hmm. Um, and we all worked through some hard stuff. Like I mentioned, we had um, hired a consultant to kind of help us through some of those questions. Like what's hmm. the most important thing to your organization? What programs do you want to continue? What you know? What what programs do you want to stop doing? Um, what things could you take off your plate to make things simpler or right. you know mm-hmm. less? Um, so this you know I think 2020, even though it was a really hard year, definitely it actually helped our organization because it helped us you know it helped us through answering a lot of the questions of like who are we? What programs are we going to continue? Yes. Um, how are we going to keep helping people even through a pandemic? Um, Cause we couldn't do any in-person events. So we, you know, we got creative and everything, like I mentioned, everything worked out. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, have you thought about, so one of the things that we talk a lot about is building from within an organization. Cause you talked about right now, you're looking for board members and you said that your current board members all came from these committee positions. Mm-hmm. So have you thought about like expanding the committee positions, like making more of those or finding ways to basically grow up and find more board members from within through that? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that that's something that we are working on right now um, because everybody has kind of been here from the get go. I mean, I mean, there every every board and every committee has to have a healthy shift at times, mm-hmm. and and has you know new new people, new ideas, and so that is one thing that we're working through right now is finding new committee members, um, finding more committee members because because we have grown and our event is getting bigger. So every year we need more people, we need more help. I think right now we're sitting at about twelve to fifteen. Um, committee members. So each, each person kind of has their own little subcommittee happening, um, whether it's, uh, you know, the kids activities or the race ra- or the race um, marshals to food vendors. So we have all these different little subcommittees. That's and then our hope through that is that some of those people might step into more of a board role. Right. Um, we have met some incredible people through this. Um, and a lot of our committee members too have also been touched by suicide. So they're really right. passionate about what they do. And, and our event, um, you know, it's our, our largest fundraising event of the year. 
And we're, we're hoping this year that we're going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> well, I feel I like people feel too like... have been like cooped up. They're like, ah, I, I got to do something. I might as well do something that's making a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are ready. Um, I love what you're, because what you're talking about right now is really succession planning for your board. Um, mm-hmm. We see this a lot where, you know, you have a strong board and it's easy to think, oh yeah, the board will just always be there. But I love that your mindset is it's healthy to have change. It's healthy to yeah. bring new people in. It's healthy because we need that influx of new ideas and new energy. Um, And really, when you have a board and then you have committees functioning and then you know who your key volunteers are and then you're building up more volunteer roles, really what you're doing is setting yourself up so that you're not having to run out and try and like scour for board members, (laughs) but you're really raising up the people who you see them on the board in the future and you're saying i'm gonna train you now so that in two or three years you're ready to go yeah we call this having having a shallow end of the pool you have the deep end of the pool which is the board members and staff right and then you have the shallow end of the pool which is like probably the shallowest end of the pool is like coming you know support the 5k come and run come and run like having having like steps along along the way to kind of like graduate people to like maybe just hey you want to help out a little bit more like come and do this and then just sort of like seeing all that potential along the way is so helpful right because then it's not like you're having to go outside the organization find a board member that like like yeah they care but they haven't really been touched by you know suicide in their life and and so this way you can actually just really people who are already integrated into the culture of your mission and vision is so good, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you're not having to like try to teach that or hope, you know, you don't want to hope that someone experiences suicide in their life. So now they finally get it. Like you don't want that to happen. Yeah. And you also don't want someone coming in who you're hoping that they understand what your heart is and what the board's heart is. And they're coming in with all their ideas and they're like, <laughs> okay, day one, let's change everything. <laughs> you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, definitely kind of like a trial run. And I think because yeah. it asks that for both parties, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. I think giving, giving somebody, you know, a task or giving them a subcommittee to work on first and to really get to know who we are and, and experience our, our, you know, larger events that we have every, every year, because there's just something about being at our five. Okay, I, I don't know how to really understand or like or how to really like explain it to anybody that's never been there, but it's incredibly healing and it's incredibly it's so cool just to see all these people come together for the same cause. And I just I don't know. I'm just pumped about it. I love it. And I think that just that event in itself creates so much healing for people, families mm-hmm. that have lost loved ones, or even people that come that struggle because I've, I've heard testimonies too, of just people that have come to the event for themselves. They're like, I just need to learn more about mental, my own mental health. And I need to educate myself better. And just being there makes me feel like it's okay that I'm hurting mm-hmm. too. and I'm not alone. So it's awesome. I just love it. And it, every single year we get to do this. Now, last year we had to be virtual, which kind of was a bummer, but we still made the best of it. Um, every single year I walk away from that event and I tell myself, this is why we are doing what we're doing. Um, it's yeah. (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Well, man, we could probably talk about this for like five <laughs> hours but we're, we are getting close to the wrap-up point so we're going to ask you one final question here to kind of wrap things up what does the idea of building a legacy mean to you yeah that's a great question um i want to leave a positive effect on everyone around me um and everybody that i meet um it just it's just taking the time to call a stranger by their first name um mm. 
And I want my daughters to witness firsthand what it looks like to give back to our community and to be really generous with time and money. Hmm. Um, I want people to see that even the smallest act of kindness can leave the most lasting impression on someone. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but I feel like taking the extra step to get to know somebody or calling, you know, your server by his or her first name. um, It, it just, I don't know. It just brings a different element to how you get to know somebody. Um, It's being a good listener. It's Mm -hmm. saying yes to opportunities that will help other humans. That's Um, good. I love that. It's like like treating people like people, not like drones running around. Right. Cause people feel like that sometimes just like I'm a, I'm a face in a crowd, but I don't have a name and to actually treat people like individuals and people can make such a huge difference mm-hmm. yeah. in their lives. And I and I don't know about you guys, but I've experienced a lot of people that give back and sometimes it's just like showing up for somebody and helping them even then even when they like tell you no or even when they're like <laughs> no, we're good. It's just it's showing up and being that person and it's it's like taking what you've learned through your own life experiences and then being vulnerable and humble and then brave enough to actually share those experiences with with other people because mm-hmm. i think especially with mental health when that barrier is broken and you're able to say you know what i struggle too i've been depressed too i've you know i've had suicidal thoughts before i've been anxious i've had panic attacks it's like it's this instant like sense of relief for somebody else to realize, Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And that alone I think can spark change because that person might actually go get help and, and not be too proud or not be too, you know, proud's the only word I can think of because sometimes it's like, you just have to get rid of that pride and go, you know what? It's okay to not be okay. We're Mm -hmm. all going to get through this together. But if you're not vulnerable and you don't allow those, you know, other people to see that it's that you know you've gone through something too and it's okay and there's there's always somebody out there that will help you and somebody will always pull through for you so that's awesome katie where can our listeners find you and learn more about the upcoming 5k and the other events that you're doing yeah you can go to our website it's um thumbs up high 5k.com and our event is september 18th of 2021 at woodland trails and elk river there's a link on our website to the registration page and we're on all the social media stuff too facebook linkedin um, instagram twitter all the social media (laughs) awesome and all of those locations will be included in the show notes for you listeners to go and check them out maybe even if you're far away maybe you can find a way to still support from a distance and uh, Katie, this has been a fantastic, fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersInTL.com. 